I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Each month, a new destination is featured with recommendation, advice, and tips based on the first-hand travel experience I gain from the two to three times a month I travel all over the world. You may also want to check out the Tips for Travellers video podcast, a sister podcast which features videos I've made of hotel rooms or attractions with commentary and recommendations linked to the destination featured each month in this audio podcast. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com. For travellers is spelt with two L's, the UK way, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk. You can subscribe to one or both of the podcasts by searching for Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. On Tips for Travellers Global Travel Destination podcast today, we're going to be talking about Cunard's Queen Victoria ship, which is a destination, of course, in its very own right. Now, the first time I went on the Queen Victoria and looking back at my reviews of it, I kind of commented at the time that one of the biggest challenges that Cunard are going to face with their new ships like the Queen Victoria and the Queen Elizabeth is if they're going to be able to attract enough kind of premium passengers. Now, the Cunard ship of the Queen Victoria is without a doubt a cruise ship, unlike Queen Mary, which is an ocean liner. And this is because unlike the predecessors such as the Queen Mary 2 and the QE2, they tend to be, as I said, more ocean liners. They tend to look different, especially the bow, which is designed to slice through the very aggressive Atlantic Sea on the regular transatlantic crossings that they did in the case of QE2 and do in the case of the Queen Mary. But they also tend to be one-offs. They were distinctive and they, they were unique. And there's no other ship that looks like either the old QE2 or the Queen Mary 2. The Queen Victoria, quite simply from the outside, looks like many other cruise ships which is not remarkable since it's built using a carnival, the owner of Cunard template structure, which is called Vista. Now, one of the marketing differences for Cunard has been its uniqueness, its specialness, and the feeling that there is something exclusive about being on one of their ships. Even if you were traveling in an inside cabin, whose fares are not that different to, in fact, to the more sort of mainstream competition, but you do feel that you're part of something almost historic. And I do think this is driven by the transatlantic habit and the schedules that generate a lot of this. And also by the fact that the crossings do attract celebrity, they attract names and the rich, as well, of course, the regular cruise uh, and, and cruise ship addict. Now, there's no doubt that Cunard have done an excellent job on the Queen Victoria, in my view at least, because they've designed and fitted out the inside of the ship in a rich, a plush, and a feel that harks the romance and tradition of the old liners. And it's interesting when one of the very first comments left when I'd, on Flickr when I'd posted my photographs of the interior of the ship were about how the interiors look Titanic-like and traditional cruise liner-like. And inside the ship, it does feel distinctive. So they've done a very good job at making the inside of the ship feel distinctive, even though the outside doesn't really. Now, there's some very large and very premium cabins in Queen's Grill on the Queen Victoria. And there's actually a special access by your cruise card room key to deck 11 and deck 12 which is only for princess grill a kind of club class and queen's grill which is kind of first class now here there is a lounge 
and the separate dining rooms, the Princess and the Queen's Grill. There's also an outside courtyard and then a deck only for grilled passengers with better lounges than, say, on the rest of the ship. So there is an attempt to create this special sort of enclave that Cunard nurtures, and I think it's part of an integral to the Cunard story and positioning that appeals to some, but, of course, adds to the sense of glamour versus other sort of more normal cruise companies. However, I'm not sure that the schedules that the Queen Victoria has to run as a cruise ship, with the limitations on what that means versus doing the regular crossing schedule across the Atlantic, will make it have the same mystery, the same allure and specialness as its sister ships like the QE2, which of course is now in retirement, and the Queen Mary 2, which is still of course very active on the transatlantic route. It doesn't have the right design to handle the regular transatlantic crossing, which really hammers a ship and it takes some designing for. And also, I have seen pictures uh, originally taken on the QE2 when the Queen Victoria did a joint crossing at the start of the 2008 World Cruise, where the Queen Victoria struggled, really struggled through the Atlantic seas, and, and I'm not sure many would actually even be up for doing it either, with waves crashing over the front of the ship. Now, some facts and figures before moving uh Onto some more thoughts and review. The ship has 990 staterooms. It holds a maximum of 1,980 passengers. Its maiden voyage sets sail on the 11th of December 2007, and it's a 90,000-ton ship. Now, I had gone on a full-night taster cruise where we'd gone to a few European ports out of Southampton. We travelled in Queensgrove on a on a great a great deal, and that deal itself may indicate the challenge that they are maybe struggling with to to get people to pay a higher premium to travel Queensborough on regular cruises, or may just be, of course, the nature of the the way things is at at the moment. So let me talk a little bit about what we were in. We were in what was called a Q4 penthouse cabin in in Queensborough, and and it was was, uh, on the fifth deck, and it was 5106. And I'm not sure why it's actually called a penthouse, because it was on deck five. It was a really unusual shape, but very large, and I suspect there was some sort of structural beam in the middle of the room, and so it had been designed around around it. There was a hallway, a desk area, and a barrier with lots of glasses, a uh, fridge, and a basin. Then there was a lounge area with a sofa that could fold out into bed, and a flat screen TV and DVD player, and the door onto a large balcony, which had two chairs and a table. Opposite the lounge area was the bedroom, with a, with a high and very comfortable bed. And to the left, as you lie on the bed, was an area with a desk and cupboards. It was a strange space. I suspect they couldn't really think what to do with it. There was a walk-in cupboard, which had more curtains than I think I've ever seen in my life. Then the bathroom with a very large jacuzzi bath, a separate glass around shower, which is really nice. And off this room was a, a, a separate toilet and basin. Now, unlike other suite-style cabins, there was only one basin and not two. Then off this, this room was a door leading back into the hallway, so you could actually sort of walk in a, in a, in a circuit around it. Now, if you want to see um, the actual cabin itself, uh, which is, as I said, it's a Queen's Court Q4 penthouse, you can visit YouTube, search for Tips for Travellers, um, or Tips for Travellers Cunard, or Tips for Travellers uh, Queen Victoria, and you can watch a video of that, or, of course, on the blog at tipsfortravellers.com, and if you can search for Queen Victoria. Now let me talk about the actual Queen's Grill restaurant. Now, as I mentioned earlier, it's on deck 11, and one thing that is that is probably better than the, the grill restaurant on the Queen Mary 2, which is on the promenade deck, so there's there's no view other than people kind of going for a stroll on the deck looking in. The Queen's Grill on, 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 and the Princess Grill on the Queen Victoria are right at the very top of the ship, and there's wall-to-ceiling windows, and you get the most glorious views across the ocean. Now, the service, as you expect from Cunard, is excellent. They have their white star service philosophy and training, and it really does show. Now, in Queen's Grill, you get to choose a dinner from the huge menu choices of the day, or also from the a la carte menu choices, and 
in, in fact, you can actually even then ask for something that's not on the menu if, if, if all that huge choice doesn't take your fancy. So unlike, say, the Britannia Grill, the normal, normal uh, restaurant that people eat in, where you have this sort of set menu and a couple of choices, here you have the, the, the menu of the day and you also have an anacot menu. So huge, huge choice. Now, personally, I've had the feud on the QE2, uh, Queen's Grill, and actually the Queen Mary 2 Queen's Grill was better, but it was incredibly good on here. But the food did feel a little bit more pre-prepared. It didn't feel quite as um, sort of uh, tailored and, and, and made. And I'm not sure if that's just a memory thing, but, uh, you know, from what I remember from the Queen Mary 2. But the food is great, but it just felt a little bit more sort of prepared, I guess is the word. Now, the Grills Lounge serves afternoon tea for Grills passengers, and it's amazing. You have your sandwiches, your scones, your cake. Now, it, the service was a little bit erratic, but uh, that may just be a bedding in thing as they've just changed the whole tea service. And then, of course, you can also have the afternoon tea at the in in the Queen's Lounge, which is which is where um, which is a huge become kind of the dance ballroom area. So you can have it in either places if you're travelling uh, Queen's Grill. Now, in terms of the public rooms, um, rather than I'm going to spend time here on on each, is is probably one key thing to remember, is that these are very well done, as I said earlier, and they're very large. Now, I'd been on the P&O Arcadia, which is also a Vista Starship, and actually was originally, it started to be built as the Queen Victoria, but it was later allocated to P&O and, be, and was then turned to the Arcadia, and they started building a new Queen Victoria on the same base uh, design. But I was amazed at comparing the Acadia to the Queen Victoria, just how much public space there seem to be. So I'm guessing maybe they have less cabins or something on, on the Queen Victoria versus, say, the, the Arcadia. There's there's a huge several-deck and very impressive grand lobby. There's the very large Queen's Room, which I mentioned, where you can have often tea. And at night they have a band and they have a beautiful dance floor. Then you also have behind that a very large... Uh, shopping area which is called the Royal Arcade and then behind that still you have the very impressive Royal Court Theatre and of course you have bars all over the ship. Now although Cunard is an old English brand and has a very English heritage and feel the ship as with Queen Mary 2 is quite American because I guess that's also a very important part of the business. So the onboard currency for example is the US dollar and everything's priced in dollars. So if you gamble, make sure you take U.S. dollars with you as they'll charge a 3% fee to convert currencies at the casino desk or in the conversion machines. And it also means that if you're not from the U.S., bizarrely, you need to take plug converters because most of the plugs were U.S. and the voltage was U.S. voltage, unlike on the Queen Mary 2, where they seem to have both. So that, I thought, was quite unusual. So overall, in terms of the Queen Victoria, I, the ship from the inside is very beautiful. The Queen's Court experience, if, if you can sort of stretch for that or get a great deal, is really worth doing because it is very, very special enough. I think the challenge with the ship is, is although they've done a great job, it doesn't feel as, as, you're part of, as much as you're part of history as you are when you go on the Queen Mary 2, which you, f you feel is just something just much more grand and much more impressive. But again, it's a very beautiful ship. It's Cunard, and Cunard are amazing. So that's my thoughts on the Queen Victoria. Uh, if you have any thoughts, please visit the blog at tipsfortravelers.com, where travelers is spelled with two L's, so the UK way, and tips for travelers is all one word. And please sign up there for uh, email updates. Uh, if you don't subscribe to the podcast, you can subscribe there or via iTunes. And uh, ha until then, happy travels. You've been listening to Tips for Travelers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand based advice, recommendations and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast, thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. 
You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travelers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravelers.com, where travelers is spelled the UK way with two L's, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk.